Thank you for joining us again on Paranormal XL. I'm Gigi, and with me until the end is Mama Mary. What another great week. Paranormal XL has really taken off. Um, we have been busy coming up with some awesome ideas for the podcast and the YouTube channel. We also have received some stories from the listeners. Um, we're going to try a new segment at the end of each show called Hometown Heroes and read the stories you all submit. So let's get started with today's topic, Paranormal Creatures. Which goes along kind of with our urban legend mm -hmm. episodes, I think. Um, so, what are your thoughts on the topic? Well, it definitely ties in. I think um, the the paranormal creatures they all have a ringing of truth to them, just like you know the urban legends. They come, they stem from somewhere. Somebody saw something somewhere. So, I think there's a little bit of truth, even if maybe there once was a creature like that, even though it might be extinct. Right. I find like, them fascinating. Like exactly. <laughs> they, you know, the only reason that people believe in those is because they have found the bones. Maybe, maybe that maybe a boo hag <laughs> was a dinosaur. It could have been. And she's just really pissed off because they got yeah. extinct. Man. Mm -hmm. So on the boo hag thing. Yeah. One more thing to the intro here. We are recording at a special location today. We are recording in the gypsy wagon for the first time. So Heck we will yeah. be going between the both. And it's pretty awesome. We will we'll post pictures. Yeah. No, it's it. awesome because we can, we might we might even just take it with us places. Yeah. We go Would around. Would be even great is to go to paranormal investigations, take the this. wagon, do an episode and then do the investigation. Yes. That's yes. awesome. As we are so smart sometimes. I know, right? I can't. I just and all you guys are really smart too. And send us your ideas, your yeah. stories. I want to hear all your stories and, and your experiences. I, I, when I started receiving the receiving them in the email, I was like, yeah, these are people I don't even no, really know, but that is so exciting. And to read them at the end of the episode, there is be not great. a single person that does not have some kind of story in some shape or form, even if they don't believe in it. They have some story to share that they can't explain. Right. Everybody does. So it'd be cool to even compile a book of ghost stories, in a sense, yeah. that everybody just throws in. Heck yeah. 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 Oh, mm -hmm. man. So much. Okay. We're getting off topic here. <laughs> We're going to have to make an episode on just, just how that. awesome this whole thing is turning out and how awesome our listeners are. And it's just it's just great. And I love seeing the numbers go up, which they we are now on iTunes. Which we're waiting to hear back on. I need to quit the clapping because I know that's loud. Um, <laughs> on iTunes, our next step will be, um, let's say, trying to get into iHeartRadio. Oh, yep. But we have to keep our numbers up and we have to be a podcast for two months before we send in our info. So that'll be our next step. So keep the downloads coming. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your dog if they have a phone. I don't know. They might listen. You never know. Huh. Dogs I mean, do listen. well, they do have those new little things where it's a dog treat feeder and you can Skype your dog. Now, if you can Skype that your dog true. and feed him treats, anything's possible. That's true. Just Daisy saying. likes to watch the Netflix with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we, we were watching Casper last night. <laughs> <sighs> it, anyway, <laughs> back 
on subject. We're getting off again. Okay, here we go. So do you want to well, start off with one? Yeah, one of my favorites is, um, have you ever heard the term like a phoenix rising from the ashes? Yes, that's a, a phoenix is like a, a, a bird creature. It is. Say? It's okay. a mythological um, bird. And they used to say like um, the belief was that it would combust itself, but then it would rise from the ashes. Okay. And I find that I find that fascinating for many reasons. I think it's a really good power animal, spiritualized, and it's the tattoo that I have on my back. And the reason I got that was because I think, especially females, but everybody at some point has been that phoenix rising from the ashes, where you just hit rock bottom and you're at the lowest of lows, but yet you're able to climb back up and soar. And yeah. so on my tattoo, I have all your guys' initials. Into the Aww. phoenix, in some shape or form, is drawn oh, that's in right. there. Yep. Aww. So I that's that's why I want to start out with that because that's that's my favorite. Okay. And um, it's associated with the sun, and it's from Greek mythology, and for me, I really do feel that this this mythological creature did, at some point, exist, in some shape or form. Okay. You know, just like the gods and goddesses. They were worshipped for a reason. That's my favorite. That's my favorite story. I used to have thoughts on the phoenix, but I can't think of them right now. Because mm -hmm. actually the kids, Ethan, in storybooks and stuff, he'd always... And there was a movie, I think, that he used to watch that... The phoenix, I'm like, what is a phoenix? And like, the kids knew what it was and knew what it stood for and, and whatnot. It is a neat thing. Very it empowering. It's very empowering. Um, one I got, I just chose ones that sounded cool to me, so <laughs> <laughs> this one was kind of neat, and I liked, when I was researching, it had um, some first-hand encounter experiences from people that they had wrote in about, so I think this one's kind of neat. Um, the Beast of Bray Road, um, or the Bray Road Beast, is a creature reported in 1936 on a rural road outside Elkhorn, Wisconsin. The same label has been applied to other sightings from southern Wisconsin and northern Illinois. Bray Road is a quiet rural road near the community of Elkhorn. A rash of claimed sightings in the late 1980s and early 1990s prompted a local newspaper, the Walthworth County Week, to assign reporter Linda Godfrey to cover the story. Godfrey was initially skeptical, but later became convinced of a sincerity of the witnesses. Her series of articles later became a book titled The Beast of Bray Road, uh, Tailing Wisconsin's Werewolf. That's kind of neat. That is neat. Um, the Beast of Bray Road is described by perpetrated witnesses in several ways, as a bear-like creature or hairy piped resembling Bigfoot, and as an unusually large, intelligent werewolf-like creature able to walk on its hind legs and weighing 400 to 700 pounds. That's a big dog. <laughs> oh, yes. It also said that its fur is brown-gray color resembling a dog or a bear. See, that would be my first thing is I'd be like, oh, that's a bear. Mm -hmm. But, you know, maybe if you see it at night, you know, your eyes play tricks on you, your mind plays tricks. The mind is such a powerful thing. It is. Like, people underestimate it, I think, sometimes. You know, even, I don't want to say ma making you see things that aren't there, but maybe they really are there, but we're not meant to see them. On this level or something, I don't know. I'm learning a no, lot from you. And, that 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 and holds a lot of truth with that because it all depends on, you know. There's several different dimensions to where we're at. I think that's why I, I do believe that creatures in some shape or form do exist. Maybe not necessarily on this dimension 
where we are seeing where we are right now but sometimes just sometimes if you're in the right place at the right time in the dark by yourself with a friend and all of a sudden you have just enough of a vibration to raise to hit that dimension you're going to see those creatures in some shape or form they are there sometimes mm -hmm. sometimes i always say you know i'm afraid of the dark but if you knew it was in the dark you'd probably be afraid too right it's you know it's the you need the light to shut out the darkness that's my firm belief but there's so many different dimensions that we can tap into di whole yeah whole new realm of possibilities that's right. my belief some people not might not believe that right but i think um there's an explanation for everything and there are strange things that people can't explain because essentially they don't want to because they don't want to believe in their brains aren't powerful yeah. enough to connect with that possibility but once you do once you believe you open up a whole another door right of what you can explore like i've always said about myself i'm i guess i'm just a skeptic i don't know because i don't some things i do want to believe some i don't some but i'm learning a lot and what about it it like it makes sense the explanations like what you're saying makes sense and i guess it's possible because nobody's shown me that it's not possible mm -hmm. i'm not saying i believe it but could it be yeah because who the, who the heck knows i mean honestly well, it's sort of like you know giving energy work and reiki a lot of people will not believe that that is possible to be able to give healing energy to somebody and to balance out their energy by not even touching them until they actually do it and then they're like oh there is something to that but now that um it's being scientifically proven where they've been able to hook up machines and prove that it is happening. Now people are drawn more to the Reiki energy because they have okay. scientific proof. But sometimes you just have to have faith. Makes sense. Very yeah. insightful, Mama it Mary. <laughs> I know, right? Some of the explanations on the Beast of Bray, Bray Road said, a number of animal-based theories have been proposed. They include what the creature is, an undiscovered variety of wild dog, a wahila, which is said to be a giant prehistoric wolf similar to Amarok or a wolf dog or koi dog. Here are some stories or people have written in where they've seen, said that they have seen this. One says, I've spent some time on Bray, Bray Road. A good friend of mine has too. You hear things in the woods, maybe see shadows in the fields, but I've never had a true sighting of anything. Just a creepy being watched feeling but that could simply be nerves as you are expecting, hoping for something to happen. My friend has experienced quite a bit and has some impressive EVPs from different areas. Another one. I had something on two legs run out in front of me on the north side of Madison Middleton in Wisconsin. But it happened so fast it's hard to say what it was or could have been. Could have been a deer, wolf, coyote, lunging. Um, it seemed pretty big. Let's see. Skeptics believe that Beast of Bray Road is actually a wild dog, and eyewitnesses' accounts are skewed by mass hysteria. I got a longer one here. Uh, we'll give it a read. It's a good one. This one is, I lived in the town of Franklin, Wisconsin. This was about 1997-98. We had just moved into a brand new subdivision and were currently the only house that was built. The rest of the area for a long distance was empty lots on what used to be an adjoining farm's old land. Our backyard had a running creek. On the other side of the creek was some brush and a single lane road with an old wooden street light that gave off an orange hue about 30 yards or so away. 
It was a warm summer night and I was having a sleepover with one of my friends. We had all the lights off and were playing hide and seek in the dark. I went back into our sunroom and saw something crouched over illuminating through the brush in the orange streetlight. I'm not sure how to describe its body posture. You know how when you're about to throw up and you hunch over on your knees and palms? I w it was similar to that. Its breasts were so deep and heavy that you could see its chest heaving from the distance. We had a 140-pound Akita. Oh, my God, Akita dogs are beautiful. We had one named Delilah. Mm -hmm. Oh, bear-hunting dogs, actually. Beautiful dogs. Anyway, if you ever can get an Akita dog and you want one, they are so loyal and wonderful dogs. Oh, anyway, we had a 140-pound Akita who stood six foot on its hind legs. I could easily tell that whatever this was dwarfed my Akita. I also know that it wasn't any type of dog or wolf. Its hind legs were thick and muscular like a man's, but its body tapered in the abdomen and head like a wolf or canine. I called out to my friend who came over and just, what the F is that to me? Try not to make much noise. We sat there as it hunched for a good 30 minutes. My dad, who was a hard-ass Vietnam vet, came out to see what the heck we were doing up so late. We asked what it was, and he just said, uh, I don't know. He then went outside, and we stayed in, scared for my dad. He had one of those old mega lights that had the power of a thousand candles and took it with him. He stood in the driveway and shined it onto whatever we were watching. It looked back at us, and honestly, I don't remember its eye color. What I do remember is that when it took off into the brush, it took off upright like a sprinter, from the on all four stance. My dad heard it splash through the creek and hightailed it in. It was one of the most effed up moments you don't really talk about because people think that you're crazy. When I heard about it so many years later, I immediately knew what I had seen, or I had seen it too. That's a cool story. That's crazy. And it wasn't it just one person. It was her friend and her dad, mm -hmm. which was a hard-ass Vietnam vet, which is awesome. Hats off to you, sir. Mm -hmm. But, Wow. That, that's a big dog. Their Akita was huge, 140-pound dog. It, its diet must have consisted of cheeseburgers. Because <laughs> I feed Daisy sometimes, you know, okay, all the time because she's spoiled rotten. And she's quite the tubba, but not nowhere near 140 pounds. Like, that's a big dog. And our Akita was probably about 75 pounds, and we thought that was a big dog. But there's another firsthand account. This took place in, oh, this is in Texas. That's weird. That's not where they're saying that they're coming from. A lot of these stories come from Wisconsin. Oh, maybe it's got a brother. Might. <laughs> uh, this took place in Cloburn, Texas in October 2016 at around 1 a.m. Me and my girlfriend were sitting outside on my dad's porch smoking a cigarette. It was dark, so it was pretty hard to see. I also want to make note that my dad lived on about 300 acres of vacant land. And he did, for a fact, have many wild animals that roamed at night, as well as cattle. So we were pretty used to seeing wild hogs, coyotes, raccoons, and even wild turkey approach the house once the sun went down. This didn't seem like any of those things. They, there were no street lights, and the closest neighbor was about two football fields away. We noticed something creeping through the grass about 30 feet away from the porch. The movement reminded us of a coyote, but this, whatever it was, was only about a foot and a half tall and anywhere from 7 to 10 feet long. Whoa. Oh. Its body was pressed almost completely against the ground as, as its head turned toward us, almost as if it was stalking us as prey. Ooh. We were pretty freaked out when we noticed, so we grabbed our cigarettes and shoes. Yeah, can't forget the smokes. 
but that's when things got even freakier. This thing had been crawling toward a medium-sized tree, and it, as it passed behind the tree, it didn't reappear on the other side. Could it have climbed the tree, or perhaps stood upright behind the tree, hiding, watching? I did not stay around to find out. All I know is its footsteps stopped, so it wasn't running away out of view. My girlfriend suggests we go get a flashlight and try to scare it off, to which I responded, Are you effing crazy? Get inside now! Some other possible, I guess, reasonings for this. It is also possible that hoaxes and mass hysteria have caused some falsehoods and sightings of normal creatures to all be artificially lumped under the same label. Concurrently, with the sightings in Wisconsin, there was a rash of similar countings in the neighboring state of Michigan. <gasps> Following... Yes! Yes! Oh my gosh! Wait until you guys hear us next. <laughs> That's what I love about this podcast, because we don't talk about anything <laughs> no, ahead of time, and then we're like, oh my gosh, that just works out great. Anyway, following the release of The Legend, a popular song about Michigan Dogman in 1987, author Steve Cook received dozens of reports, including photograph and film evidence of the creature. There is no known link between the sightings in adjoining states other than the similarity of the creature described. In the documentary Legend Hunters Season 1, Episode 3, also known as Legend Hunter, Beast of Bray Road, it was pointed out that the beast may be a, ma a maned bear, a bear which loses most of its fur, also giving an appearance of a werewolf. Huh. It has also not been confirmed, but it is very possible. Wow, those are pretty crazy stories. That other one that came from Texas, though, I don't really know how that lumped into that, but um, I guess I should have looked at that more before well, I was reading it. Well, it doesn't you know, doesn't necessarily mean that this type of creature is subjected to one area. Over That's here, true. you know, in Michigan, we're really known for the Bigfoot sightings. Yes. But we're also known for the Dogman, who lives up to the northernmost logging camps and he was the deepest woods that you can possibly get like you were just saying there are several several reportings of seeing this kind of animal and so i'm just going to i have a weird michigan in front of me so i'm just going to read what the legend is all about where it all started okay a cool summer morning in early june is when the legend began at a nameless logging camp in wexford in wexford county where the manistee river ran 11 lumberjacks near the Garland Swamp found an animal they thought was a dog. In a playful mood, they chased it around till it ran inside of a hollow log. A logger named Johnson grabbed him a stick and poked around inside. Then the thing let out an unearthly scream and he came out and stood upright. None of those men ever said very much about whatever happened then. They just packed up their belongings and left that night and were never heard from again. It was about 10 years later in 1997 when a farmer near Buckley was found. Slumped over his plow, his heart had stopped. There was a dog tracks all around him. Seven years past the turn of the century, they say a crazy old widow had dreams of dogs that had circled their house at night. They walked like men and they screamed. In 1917, a sheriff who was out walking found a driverless wagon and tracks in the dust like wolves had been stalking. Near the roadside, a four-horse team lay dead with their eyes wide open. When the vet finished up his examination, he said it looked like they had died of fright. In, in 1937, a Schooner captain had several crew members had reported a pack of wild dogs roaming Bowers Harbor. The story was never recorded. In 1957, a man of the cloth found claw marks on the old church door. The newspapers said they were made by a dog. He had a sturdy seven-foot door. In 19, 1967, 
a van load of hippies? They told a park ranger named Quinlan that they had been awakened in the night by a scratch at the window. There was a dogman-looking man, and he was there grinning. In 1977, there were screams in the night near the village of Bel Air. Could have been a bobcat, could have been the wind, but nobody looked up there. And then the summer of 1987, near Luther, it happened Ooh. again. Luther. Interesting. Luther. Ooh, that's kind of creepy. Well, I can't wait till we go there. I know, right? <laughs> We're going to have to search that one out. Yes, for sure. Okay, so I had a ca- cabin in the woods. It looked like maybe that someone had tried to break in. Then there were dog tracks all around. There were cuts in the door that would only have been made by a very sharp teeth and claws. He didn't wear shoes because he didn't have feet. He would just walk on his two paws. So far, this spring, no stories have appeared. Had the dogmen gone away? Had they disappeared? Have they just traveled to other states? Who knows? Hmm. Um, soon enough, we'll know. Summer's almost here. And I'm pretty sure we're going to uh, experience a lot of cool things. Heck yeah, we that's are. That's right. I, oh, I'm so that, that's interesting that I had that up to read it, and you're reading all of that. So it kind of just ties in I know, all and then this next one ties into it, too. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. See, this is why we did the podcast together, because it's the weirdest thing. (laughs) We just make things work. We don't even mean to. It's it's just strange. All right, so with all that being said, with big hairy things, of course, you got to know what we're going to next. Bigfoot or Sasquatch. We're going squatching, mama. That'll be fun. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Yeah. Well, Michigan's really known majorly for... Bigfoot sightings. I didn't realize that until I started researching it. I kind of always thought it was like more know why, farther up north than how north. I found that out. Because of Andrew. Because he <laughs> used to be obsessed with Sasquatch well, and Bigfoot and stuff. And he would tell me all this information, which was kind of cool because gave him something to, you know, research and whatnot. But for those of you that there may be some listeners out there that don't know what Bigfoot or Sasquatch is, it's just a really big, ugly man. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> It's the man version of a boo head. <laughs> okay. Annie Housen, back on track. Whoa. This isn't a comedy show. We need to calm it down a little bit with the funniness. Okay, we think we're funny. Well, yeah. Everybody else might not think we're funny, but that's, that's true. okay. At the very least, I think we're entertaining. That's Even right. if people are like, wow, those, those women the, are out In the there. end, as long as we're happy, that's all that matters. That's true. That's true. As long as we're happy as Sasquatch, we're good. That's right. We're good. Okay. Is that like so, a boo squatch? <laughs> boo squatch. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm going to write that one down. Here's the clicking of my pen. Boo squatch. That's what we'll call them then when we're calling them names. <laughs> Let's go boo squatching. Big boo squatch. <laughs> oh, big Lord have mercy. This is great. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> back to business. Sorry. We got to do this like a mullet. Focus. So like I tell Sean on his podcast, True Crime Basement, everybody download that one too, but ours first. <laughs> you have to record and everything like a mullet. You got to think of a mullet. Business first, party later. We have to get through this first. And he looks at me like I'm retarded. I think I'm hilarious. Once again, I'm cheesy funny. I like to think I'm Is cheesy funny. Is that some funny. Joe Dirt? Party in the back. Well, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen those memes with, with the yeah yeah that's how that's they, they they explain a um a mullet and yeah, I love the eighties yeah but I think if there's other podcasters listening 
you gotta back me up on this. You, you have to do your podcast because, see, like I'm doing right now, I'm getting completely off topic and talking about mullets. That's so okay. for the main part, we need to make sure we get through this. Well, mullets kind of go with the Bigfoot because he kind of looks like he has one. <sighs> okay, now look. See, now I'm picturing in my brain. Bigfoot walking around with a mullet and a fanny pack because it's like an 80s Bigfoot. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a 70s. We'll throw some disco in there and he's got some bell-bottom pants on. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. Focus. <laughs> Focus. Focus. Okay. Back to business here, peeps. Okay. In North American folklore, Bigfoot or Sasquatch are said to be hairy, upright-walking up ape like creatures that dwell in the wilderness and leave footprints. <laughs> because nothing else leaves footprints. <laughs> Depictions often portray them as missing link between humans and human ancestors or other great apes. They are strongly associated with the Pacific Northwest, particularly Oregon, Washington, and British Columbia, and individuals claim to see the creatures across North America. Over the years, these creatures have inspired numerous commercial ventures and hoaxes. The plural nouns Bigfoots or Big Feet <laughs> are both acceptable. Okay, I've never heard of Big Feet. I think that's funny. It's Look at all those Big Feet. Like, you can go to a basketball game and say that. Look at all those Big Feet. <laughs> that does kind of sound funny. I've never heard of that either. <laughs> Folklorists trace the figure of Bigfoot to a combination of factors and sources, including folklore surrounding the European wild man figure, folk belief among Native American and loggers, and a cultural increase in environmental concerns. That makes sense. A majority of mainstream scientists have historically discounted the existence of Bigfoot, considering it to be a combination of folklore, misidentification, and hoax rather than living animals. Um, a minority such as anthropologists Grover Krantz and Jeffrey Meldrum have expressed belief in the creature's existence. See, it's one of those things, again, that it could, it very well could exist, mm -hmm. and it might not. I'm not going to go one way or another. I'm not going to tell somebody they're wrong, because I don't know. Just because I didn't see something doesn't mean that it's not there. Well, that's or doesn't true. exist. In the reality of it, too, though, people are going to see, not necessarily, you know, want to see it on purpose, but they might draw their own conclusion because your, your perception is your reality, even though it could be somebody, something completely different. Right. You know, but the fact that it scared you or bothered you, that's real. Exactly. And it, yeah, Bigfoot. I think it's just fun to say we're going squatching. I, if I saw one. As long as it wasn't too close, I think it would be cool. It would be cool. And I could say, I saw one, and people would be like, no, you get it. And I wouldn't care because they didn't see it. I, you know, it, that's human nature to tend, mm -hmm. be believe, how does that go? Believe nothing what you hear and only half of what you see. That's what I was thinking of. It's a good saying. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember where I heard that, but somebody told me that one time, and I was like, I never thought of it that way. Because, again, believing only half of what you see... Because you do tend to manifest things in your brain. You know, that even goes down to, like, you know, if you're feeling sad or something. And we're going into modern times here with, like, reading a text message real quick. And you see it one way because you want it to read that way. And then you go back later and you're like, they didn't say that at all. Yeah. You know, because your heart is broken. like horrible forms of oh, communication. Yeah, yeah. yeah, But you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, your brain's yep. telling you, okay, yep, this is what it says. So you're thinking everything's hunky-dory. And then you go back and read it and you're like, oh. You know, and just 
I don't know. I could go off on tangents all day because I forget where I'm essentially going, and then I go <laughs> off on things all the time. Anyhow, then, you got another one? Well, we're definitely going to have to go um, Bigfoot hunting. We will. Without a doubt. Yes. One of my favorites, though, and I think we were talking about this earlier, is um, I remember, um, I'll give you a little bit of the backstory. I was at my friend's cottage up on Lake Superior. And, um, and you were telling me this. Yeah, we were, I think it had to be like 11 o'clock at night. Everything is quiet, you know, bonfire sitting right by the water. And all of a sudden, this huge thing is swimming by in the water. And I'm like, what the hell is that? I mean, it's huge. It was, it, it was so big. And it had to have been, I know reality-wise, it had to have been just maybe a large water snake or maybe just a large fish coming up to feed on smaller fish. Yeah, that's but like the I moment we too. got up to go see what it was, it disappeared. And so the next morning, I was joking around about, you know, there being um, like a sea or lake monster in Lake Superior and just was making jokes about it. But when I was researching, I found that in Lake Superior, they have a Michigan lake monster called Pressy. Pressy. I know. So Pressy. I thought that was a pretty cool story. If they, um, mostly they, I think they um, have spotted her in, I don't even know if I'm going to say it right, but Presque Isle River in the Upper Peninsula. And it's uh, believed to be a, a, what is that, a serpentile type monster. And quite large, dark in color, and anywhere from like 30 to 75 feet long with a horse-like head and a whale's tail with whiskers sort of like a catfish's. So, kind of creepy. Definitely wouldn't want to like jump in the water. And by myself somewhere next to it but it does come from um like a, a legend from like the native americans okay and I, I can't pronounce the name of the tribe so i'm not going to try to because i know that'd be really disrespectful trying to Correct. say it and not being able to say it yes but um it's a the spirit spirit guardian of the lake and they believe that they would um they're in the surrounding waters to protect everybody I just so to protect but not eat. Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. That that I can handle. Okay. Cool. Let them be. <laughs> but let's not eat people like piranhas. Yeah. Take off it's toes been, and whatnot. It'd be nice if it didn't look like a a creepy snake. That's true. Maybe mm -hmm. like a cute little like you know panda bear. <laughs> panda bear swimming. <laughs> I know it was so stupid, but what about the eighty Sasquatch swimming? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, Maybe it's the. The Sasquatch of the water. Could be. Squatter. <laughs> it's a new definition of squatter. <laughs> squatter takes on a whole new definition, I think, were the terms I was looking for. Okay. All right. So this one, I don't know why I've always been, I don't know, I like movies and shows, paranormal movies and mm -hmm. shows, oh, yes. very supernatural stuff. Um, that's why I chose this one. Um shapeshifters <laughs> are they real i don't know that goes back to my belief of i don't know it just how the hell would we know because they're shapeshifting that's exactly it maybe maybe like you know like when you meet someone you're like yeah this is great and then they change maybe they shapeshifted could be you never know <gasps> you shapeshift your personality maybe you don't shapeshift your oh Right. Anyway, okay. Okay. Going on to shape shifting. <laughs> Shapeshifters. 
In mythology, folklore, and speculative fiction, shape-shifting is the ability of a being or creature to transform its physical form or shape. This is usually achieved through an inherent ability of a mythological creature, divine intervention, or the use of magic. The idea of shape-shifting is present in the oldest forms of totemism, shamanism, mm -hmm. as well as the oldest, oldest extant literature and epic poems, including works such as the Epic of Gilgamesh and the Lyad, where the shape-shifting is usually introduced by the act of a deity. The idea persisted through the Middle Ages, where the agency causing shape-shifting is usually a sorcerer or witch, and into the modern period. It remains a common trope in modern fantasy, children's literature, and works of popular culture. The most common form of shape-shifting myths is that of Therenthopy, which is the transformation of a human being into an animal. Speaking of that, that's sort of like um, werewolves. Did you know that Detroit's known for their werewolves? Really? I know. I You wouldn't think Detroit's it because... Big. Well, it is big. But there's, there's some kind of legend... Um, that a Detroit man named, I think it's Jackos Moran, had fallen hence over, what's her name? He fell in love with a, a woman named Genevieve Parent. And um, she she was more of a witch. Okay. Versus he wanted to marry her. She didn't want to get married. He sank into a deep depression. And then um, and then uh, somehow another witch that was... um. And inhabited Detroit in the early days was they, they said her to be the children of the snake goddess of the Belle Isle. He was desperate to try to win his love back so she went to um, get help from this witch. He offered up his soul and in order for him to find a way to get his love to come back to him. Only it ended up cursing him and that's what turned him into a werewolf. Like that was part of the deal is that certain part of the month, that full moon was he would have to spend that night being a werewolf. Interesting. Just one night. Yeah. I'd so cause kind of some like havoc if I had if I was have that ability. The girl was probably the girl was probably just a boo hag anyway. Oh yeah. Why that's why, true. why why turn into a, a werewolf for that? Ah. Anyhow, then. Well, you went off into mine. Do you have another one that you want to do? Well, I, I do, do have time. um. One that I found that I liked was um, a banshee, uh -huh. which is like <laughs> technically known as a fairy woman. And in this mythology, I think it was Irish mythology, she would come bringing news of, like when she came around, it would be like a family member's death was coming. Okay. And she would she would usually come by wailing or shrieking or keening, which is just like a, for my research on keening, it was more like a like a loud howling type noise and she would uh come in and she would they would say that she would wear like a green dress with red eyes from weeping and there's other accounts that she was like literally like only one foot to four feet tall and sometimes huh, she would hide outside really yeah but basically she was just this creature that would come around and it kind of a banshee there's several different you know there'd be several different banshees connected to that family Okay. And so she would come to announce that someone was going to die. So she was acting as like, the Grim Reaper? Death, yeah, from my understanding. And there's, you know, a couple of different ways of describing her. You know, some say that she looked like it's just a little old lady. And then, you know, the one was where she just, you know, she was beautiful, long streaming hair, gray cloak, green dress, but her eyes are just red from crying all the time. Just a really sad little girl. 
Kinda, maybe. Maybe she was just cursed. <sighs> you know, sort of like in Greek mythology, oracles who were your psychic readers. They are very beautiful, but they are also cursed because people would hold them captive because they were their people to go to when they needed advice or know what to do. Yeah. Maybe it was something like that. Maybe she just needed a hug. Maybe. If I see a banshee, I'm going to give her a hug. I'm yeah, a hugger. not a very nice name either. No, banshee. it's not. Yeah, we should probably rename her for our sake when yeah. we talk about it. We'll think about it. We'll come. Listeners, if you're still listening, which I hope you are, <laughs> um, write in some new names. We'll rename the banshee because I don't think you're right. Banshee, for some reason, just it doesn't give you a very nice picture of something. Yeah, it's just, I guess, you know, it's just depicted with death because death is scary. It is scary, but she's kind of mourning. In a way, yeah. To me, that's what it sounds like. Aw. Definitely. Poor Banshee. We'll come up with something else. My next one is (laughs) a vampire, because, well, who doesn't like vampires? Not that I've ever came across one. I don't know, maybe I have. I've seen some those reality TV shows where people think that they're vampires and they drink each other's blood and I think that's a little weird. It is weird. But... Because you don't need that to live. They're like, we need that to live. No, you don't. You need water and food. Like, (laughs) however else you want to live, that's great. But two things you do need is food and water. Like, anything else, you can live however you want. That's what tickles your fancy. That's great. But that's very irony Drinking all that blood. That's ironic. <laughs> so ironic. Ugh. I couldn't... <laughs> Yuck. Anyway. But I do like vampire movies, shows, and whatnot. I do think... I don't want to say interesting, because I I personally don't think maybe they were ever real. I don't know. I'm so in limbo over everything. Who knows? I, I feel like, to some extent, they do exist in some shape or form. Maybe not the way the movies depict them, mm-hmm. but I think... Um, I Maybe think, their beliefs. Yeah, I think every story has not some so kind of truth. Not the not the crazy ass people who like adopt this kind of Let you know. Suck your blood. Well, yeah, uh-huh. but um, just genuine. I don't think if uh, there was a genuine vampire, they would be on a reality TV show. I guess it, is what I'm saying. R- right, because really, if you, movies and stuff, they're very much in secret. Like, they don't yeah. want to let people in and stuff like that when, when it does come to that because that's their choice of living that way or whatever. I just think it'd be cool to wear a cape because when I think of vampires, I think of capes. And who wears capes? Superheroes. Yeah, but they I'm also wear saying. their underwear and outside their pants. That, <laughs> not all superheroes wear underwear. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. Batman. Does Thor wear underwear, you think? I don't know. Oh. Interesting. Speaking of which, just took Ethan. If you guys follow on Facebook, you would see that I posted the pictures. I took him to a theater that is said to be haunted, but we went and saw Endgame. Speaking of Thor. Oh, God. It it was a long three hours, but it was a worth it three hours. So if you can free up some three hours, go watch it. Take your kids. Go by yourself. I would have went by myself. I should have taken you. But all weekend, Ethan, all I heard, the only words he said all weekend were, end game. <laughs> now, I'm hungry, Mom. Can we do this? Can we? Nope. End game. He just, end game, Mom. Ah, oh, fine. So I took him, and I was like, oh, good. We get to go to a haunted theater to see it. So 
kind of worked out for the best, but it is a good movie. And why were we talking about Thor? That got way off vampires. Well, well not, because I love Thor. No, not completely. <laughs> we were talking about capes, which had to do with vampires, oh. and that superheroes, and then yes. superheroes underwear, and then Thor came up. So, yes. yeah, kind of on subject. See, when... When I go on tangents like that, I know somehow they'll link back to where I started. <laughs> they do. And I need to have somebody follow me around <laughs> and link them back up for me so I can be like, oh, yeah, that's where I went with it. Anyhowsen. I really like saying anyhowsen. I don't know. It can't ever just come out anyhow. It well, has to keep going. Housen. Housen. Well, that's because you're different. Oh, thanks. Well, Different in a good, good way. way. Yeah. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Exactly. Who the hell wants to be like everybody else? There's no right. fun in that. No, there's not. I'm a medium witch. There you go. <laughs> if I was a witch. <laughs> the in-betweener. <laughs> An in-betweener. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Vampires, vampires. Okay. A vampire is a being from folklore that subsists by feeding on the vital force generally in the form of blood of the living. In European folklore, vampires were undead things that often visited loved ones and caused mischief or death in the neighborhoods they inhabited while they were alive. They wore shrouds. Is a shroud a cape? Probably. I'd it say should so. be like Count Dracula. Or or the Count in Sesame Street. One. Ha ha. <laughs> two. Ha ha. Okay. <laughs> serious. Vampires are serious business. They wore shrouds and were often described as as bloated and of ruddy or dark countenance. Markedly different from today's grunt, pale vampire, which dates from the early 19th century. Vampiric entities have been recorded in most cultures. cultures. The term vampire was popularized in Western Europe with after reports of an 18th century mass hysteria of a pre-existing folk belief in the Balkans and Eastern Europe that in some cases resulted in corpses being staked and people being accused of vampirism. Local variants in Eastern Europe were also known by different names such as Shatigra and Albina. This looks like Valkyries, but this is not a Valkyrie. This is <laughs> in Greece. Um, see, I'm just totally murdering these words, and I apologize if anybody takes offense because I did not get them right. It looks like Volcry. Well, some of it, but it's not. But that's not a Vol. I know what a Volcry is <laughs> because of my superheroes. But a Volcry <laughs> is also in my list of, oh. of of these creatures. I was going to do it on that, but I would have went on a whole rampage of Thor and Captain America. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, yeah, I just... This would have turned into a way different podcast. So vampires, what what, what do you think, Mama Mary? Well, I, I do believe, like I said before, that there's definitely some, in some shape or form, I think they do exist. But I also am open to all kind of possibilities. Yeah? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any Anything's actually possible just because we haven't heard of it or we haven't seen it. That's what leads me. I am... I am a gray person because all this stuff, all it, well, I'm a gray person when it comes to paranormal, I suppose, um, because it's just that there's so, there's too many questions that are unanswered because nobody knows. You can't tell me one thing or another unless you have experienced it yourself or, you know, even. And, it, and it's always confusing because you always hear lots of stories of people having 
some kind of account. That's mm-hmm. where the you know, the urban legend or the truths yeah. come from. Mm-hmm. You know, is there's a reality in some shape or form. There's an existence of it. Right. I just I don't know. Sometimes it makes my head hurt because I can't I I can't side on a side. Maybe it's like we said. Maybe their existence is in a different dimensional plane right. where we don't experience it ourselves because we don't vibrate to that realm. I think there's um there's a vast. See, I think a lot of what you say there. makes sense. I'm not saying I believe or don't believe, but it it can make sense. Mm-hmm. I I guess, but. I'm not saying you need to prove it to me to believe, whatever, because I'm probably just still going to always be in the gray area, but that's okay to me because that leaves me open-minded where I'm like, hell yeah, I want to learn about this. You know, that's one reason why I went with the paranormal topic because so much can go into it. Oh, and, I, yeah. and I think it's great and I think it's mm-hmm. very interesting and I'm learning so much even on, this is just episode five and I've already learned so much or the beliefs of people, the, the different thoughts of things, um, some of the the actual definitions of words that I knew but didn't really know, you know, where we, they came from. You or kind of realize the backstory of it. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think the educating part of anything that you don't understand is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. I, educating yourself on anything, I just that's so important, I, I think. Um, I do have a little more on the vampires. <laughs> this vampire was taking a long time. Um, <laughs> in modern times, the vampire is generally held to be a fictitious entity. Although belief in similar vam- vampiric creatures such as the... That's the word I can't say. <laughs> oh, chupa, chupacabra? Yeah. Yep, that one. I See, I can't say that. <laughs> Still persist in some cultures. But folk belief in vampires have sometimes ascribed to the ignorance of the body's process of decomposing after death and how... People in pre-industrial societies tried to rationalize this, creating the figure of the vampire to explain the mysterious of death. Um, Proforia was linked with legends of vampirism in the 1985 and received much media exposure, but has since been largely discredited. What is that? Even though it's been discredited, I think it would be neat to learn people's views on it. Well, develop your own opinion, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the charismatic and sophisticated vampire of modern fiction was born in 1819 with the publication of The Vampire by John Polidori. The story was highly successful and argu- arguably the most influential vampire work of the early 19th century. Wow. And that just goes on to say, like, the book, more about books and the video games and how people, I don't know, vampire has just become... We're like, oh, a vampire. Like, everybody knows what a vampire is. Like, just because yeah, movies, no TV, books, stories, scary stories, yeah. Sesame Street, <laughs> like, cereal. It would be neat to know. I don't know. I don't know. I find vampires well, intriguing. You know, I don't necessarily want to meet a vampire, because I don't like to be bitten. But it is fascinating to think about it mm-hmm. and to be curious about it. Yeah. And to wonder about the possibilities. For sure. Maybe they, I don't know. I think if vampires were ever real, maybe not so much in today's society. I don't know. We all move too fast to even realize if we were to pass a vampire in crossing today's world so fast. But I, but I think back and maybe even the witch era, Salem trial era, that type of thing, and across seas. Maybe. Yeah. Well, in a sense, wouldn't they be um, shapeshifters too? Because aren't they known to, like, turn into bats? 
That's true. That didn't say anything about that. That may just be... Just like a folklore type thing? Yeah, that got added in. Mm-hmm. We're really, you should see our faces right now. We really have pondering sure. looks on our yeah, face. We're like about it. Stroking my beard I so don't well, have. I have um, another, like a shapeshifter type thing. And you're going to love this. It's called a hag. Well, of course it is. Because <laughs> we are going to get into boo hags a little later. They must so shapeshift when it's like shark week. Yes. Yes. That's like a whole different story. Yes, it is. (laughs) But basically it says here that a hag is an old woman, like a fairy type goddess. And um, she's also like, you would um, see her appearance as somebody that you would find like Hansel and Gretel, that old witch, Mm -hmm. kind of compared to what that, that's what she would probably look like. And um, often she's seen as Melvin, but she's also like a shape, you know, she's in a form of shape shifting deities. And the saying is that um, a lot of times there's a superstition that she would go and while people are sleeping and sets on their their chest and sends nightmares to them. Just like a boo hag. Uh-huh. Except for she's an old hag. Ooh. Mm. It is interesting, boo hag. That's later out of my list. I would jump to it, but I don't want the sounds of all the papers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, What's really fascinating, too, is um, the old hag. I think that's why we use that term when we're talking about somebody who's a nasty old woman. We call an old hag. But she, this um, this story kind of spreads, like, all over to the point where even people have used it to frighten little children. They used to mm-hmm. say, um, they used to call her a river hag who lived in the river trees and had skin, like, the color of green, like you would see with, um, like, pond scum. And yeah. that... Um, they would tell their children this to keep them away from the river. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, again, urban I legend. said that in one of the other ones too. You can use urban legends to mm-hmm. teach your children lessons. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that's pretty fascinating. But it's fascinating, like we were talking about earlier, how you find yourself saying certain um, phrases, but then when you start to research, you realize where the phrases came like, from. Oh. Like, oh man, she's an old hag. But man, does she is she, she really, really going to sit on your chest and send you nightmares? Exactly. You know what I'm realizing now is we're going back and forth. These, these creatures, some of them are men, some of them are both sexes. Most of these ones with the weird names are women, because the next one I have, she it's a woman. Well, for the love of Pete. I know it. Um, how about a succubus? <laughs> I only like to say... <laughs> I did I this love one the name. That I know. I did this one because I like to say succubus. I think that's really, really weird that I enjoy saying that word. It does kind of roll off your tongue. You say it again. Succubus. Say it again. again. Say it again. And, and again. And again. And then. And then. <laughs> succubus. Okay. <clears throat> a succubus is a demon in female form. <clears throat> I'm kidding. Let me. Re- <laughs> no, that was great. <laughs> Let me take a sip of my yeah. wine, clear my throat. There's a frog in my throat. <laughs> in my cackle. Whatever you do, do not edit that out. Uh, ever. <laughs> ever. Okay. For, okay. A little side note here. I do want to apologize because my cackle, my laugh gets out of hand sometimes, and I do know it peaks in the mic, and if it hurts your ears, I am extremely sorry. I'm trying to learn the equipment. I love your cackle. <laughs> where I can tone it down a little bit, but could you imagine having earphones in and listening to this? And <laughs> Like, it, it, it does get loud. I, I know. I get out of hand. <laughs> can you do that one more time? <laughs> I'll get you my pretty and your little dog, too. Mm. Mm. Okay, moving on to succubus. A succubus is a demon in female form or supernatural entity in folklore. 
that appears in dreams and takes the form of a woman in order to <laughs> in order to seduce men. Usually through <laughs> I'm so mature. Usually through sexual activity. <laughs> <laughs> the male counterpart <laughs> Oh, this is great. The male counterpart is the incubus. Succubus? Incubus. That's a movie. Succubus Incubus? Incubus is. Is it about a man? I think so. <gasps> like an evil spirit. It's pretty creepy, but it's good. I'm going to start putting it on the shirts. The woman's shirts get succubus. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> An incubus. Oh, man, I can't wait to get home and talk <laughs> no, about this at no, home. No, you should do one where the, the girls, like, says, I belong to incubus. And the guy says, I belong to succubus. Oh, my God, good one. <laughs> oh, this may have to be taken up to, like, PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, we left off at Incubus. Okay. Religious traditions hold that repeated sexual activity with a succubus may result in the deterioration of health or mental state or even death. Okay. Hold the phone. Back up the crazy train. That's any relationship. We drive men crazy. Well, that's... That's our job. That is our job. But... Be, and it... De- the health and the mental state, like... I, maybe not death. Some people go too extreme. We're not going to get into that. But the mental health, making us sad, you don't eat, or I guess men, you know, that's any relationship. So in any relationship, call your significant other a succubus or an incubus, depending on <laughs> if they have a wiener or not. <laughs> there you go. Or, I, I can't say that nowadays. I know, I was just thinking that. The gender thing. Yeah. Which is great. More power, whatever makes you happy. But whatever you want to be, succubus or incubus, decide that at the beginning of the relationship. That is my... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we better move on. Holy <laughs> crap. Wow. Oh, man. This is this is awesome. <laughs> I'm having so much fun today. Told you guys not to miss out. That's right. Did you want me to... Eh, okay, next for me is familiars. With that being said... I have talked to a few people on the Facebook and some other social media apps. Um, if I get this wrong, I'm sorry. We will, in another episode or a side episode, go through familiars. Um, I do find familiars interesting because I find witches and witch history interesting. So don't don't come at me all mean. Like, if, if I did not get this right, this is just the information that I got online. I will... Or I do want to do more in-depth research. Because I do think it's kind of neat. And it would be kind of neat. I don't know. The stuff that I got from actual people um, through social media, a lot of people get the definition of familiars wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I personally think when it comes to any topic, however that person perceives it is right to that person. Um, I'm not saying that what the one person told me is right and the, what the other person told me was wrong. If that works for you and you believe that, run with it. Mm-hmm. Don't let anybody tell you you're wrong. I mean, you can hate me for saying that, but I'm just telling people to be who they are because that's <laughs> Well, at that's the end of the day, when you're at home and you know it's nighttime and you're relaxing, you are not with all of those other people. Who cares what they think? Exactly. It doesn't matter. Just do what you like and be happy, because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. 
I gotta explain that to my sweet baby girl all the time. Well, yeah. Being 17 sucks, and she's realizing the reality of people. Well. People, it is human nature to be jealous. It's human nature to envy. I don't want to say it's human nature to be negative on some other people, because I think that's a choice. That is a choice. It's definitely a choice, and I have told my kids never to take that choice, and I show them that. I just don't tell them that, because I'm not a negative person, so, you know, they... Why would I be mean? Mom's not mean. That's not how I was brought up. So well, something to tell her is when you have a lot of beauty and a lot of personal strength, there are always going to be people who try to bring you down because when you exhibit that kind of strength, even if you don't realize that you have it, mm-hmm. you make people, you reflect to other people. And so when people look at you, it gives them a reflection of themselves. So a lot of times right. when they're doing something against you, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with their relationship with themselves. And so when oh, they see sure. your strength, they feel their weaknesses. And so instead of dealing with, basically dealing with their own shit, mm-hmm. they take it out on you. Yes. Do it. I have it happen all the time. And it does suck. But at some it point, does. you end up just, you let it roll over your shoulders. Yes. Because yes, you at do the end of the day... Point. They get to go home and sit with themselves. Yes. And because they choose to be mean to somebody else, they're, mm-hmm. they're going to live in mm-hmm. misery. Well, I'm not going to even sit here and lie, though, because I have been on the other end of that spectrum, too, where I've taken my shit on, out on people that don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And it's usually the people the closest to me. Yeah. But I realize real, real quick, oh, whoa, Sarah, you need to hold the phone here, Gigi. <laughs> Back up a little bit because, whoa. You know, Sean didn't deserve that. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. my son didn't deserve that. My daughter, my loved ones didn't deserve that. But in the long run of that, it it comes back to, like he always tells me, no, that's what I'm here for. You need to vent because you had a rough day. That's okay. You know, but he does know, and I hope that he knows that at the end of it, it has nothing to do, it's nothing against him. You know what I mean? Like, well, as long as you don't make him a sandwich afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Loves his sandwiches. Daisy <laughs> loves to watch me make sandwiches. It's this whole family thing. Anyway, well, we got way off familiars. That's all right. So, well, back to familiars. Again, like I said, the people that I talk to, if you are listening, I say don't call. I don't know all this stuff. Take. I get take with a grain of salt, honestly. Everybody's going to see a familiar or something different. For me, yes. definitely a black cat. I know, like. For me, if um, a black cat crosses my path, I feel like I'm going to have good luck. Mm-hmm. I'm completely... But you can also delve into like where they're spirit animals or spirit guides. Yes. Or where you keep on seeing an animal over and over and over again. If you do that, um, look up the spiritual meaning of what it is. Right. Especially if it's doing something weird. Like one day I was driving and I looked over and I saw a fox, but the fox was playing. Like it was like leaping and like jumping so i look up the you know the meaning of the spiritual meaning of a fox playing or sometimes when a fox crosses my path i'll look that up and it'll tell me to watch my back because somebody's on the sly there's always some kind of a meeting and that's what i think people use familiars for is for those signs and messages like um what do you think about dragons i love dragons i love bearded dragons and i i do truly feel like at some point, while they don't exist now, I do feel like they were a big part of this universe, of this world at some time. And I think that's why I will use dragons as a spiritual teacher or a spirit animal. If I keep on getting dragons coming up or I see dragons or, 
you know, just weird things keep popping up about them, I'll look up the spiritual meaning. Like sometimes when I meditate, I'll see different colored dragons. So I'll always look up the different colors and what they mean because that's a message for me. Right. Just like when I meditate, I write down everything I see because it's a message in everything. And then um, another one of my favorite ones are elves, which are, you know, they're semi-divine beings and they have magical powers. And they use it to uh, benefit mankind. One of my favorite things is um, there's a there's a house, and I'm going to get one of these. It has a tree. And in the bottom of that tree, there's a door. And I know that door is for elves to enter. It cracks me up, and I want one. You know really? what I'm talking about? Yeah, that, yeah, right? yeah. I know you have. If you've driven on, what is it, um, State Road, I know you've okay. seen it. There's no oh, way. Probably. It's been there so for so many years. There's no way that you haven't seen it. <laughs> when I when I think about Alice, I always think of the Smurfs. I don't know why. So he's gonna be blue with like white on his head. Maybe he'll get a Smurf out. Well, because you know the elves are always seen as like you know magical mythical creatures. And that last movie that I watched of the Smurfs, Papa Smurf waited for the full moon and he literally did magic. Oh, that's so I'm right, just Papa out Smurf. There. I'm just saying. There might be a little bit more Dad's of a Papa Smurf. <laughs> Aw, you get a little hat. <laughs> okay, what we are actually doing here, because we are going to get unfamiliar, is I'm trying to find the definition that somebody sent me, because I want to read that with what else I have, and I'm having some issues finding it. Um, oh, it, it was a good one, and that's why I want to share it. Well, while you're still looking for that, I want to I want to talk about another one. Um, have you ever seen Clash of the Titans or Wrath of the Titans? There we go. I have not. Oh, Greek mythology and its glory. Oh, and all its glory. Abs and everything. Oh, oh, oh. I love that movie. <laughs> I absolutely. But anyway, I think um, I forget his name, but the one who rides Pegasus. Oh, Pegasus. Yeah. <laughs> Um, not Hercules, I don't think. It's not Hercules, but I'll have to look it up. Hercules, but Hercules. It's a really good movie. I think they recreated it, so there's a newer one out. Okay. But, you know, they go searching for Medusa. It has all the, the Greek mythology in it. It's really cool. But what they do is they're going to find whatever they need to find to fight the Kraken. And he's like a mythological sea creature. And at the end, they're going to feed the princess to the Kraken to make him happy. Because the the Underlord, or I guess what we would deem, like, in that time, it would be Zeus, who was the main god, along with with the the eight other gods. He would be the main one, and then you have the Underlord. And so the Underlord sent out the Kraken. And so to beat the Kraken, they go on this quest. But in the end, they're going to feed the princess to the Kraken. Just a good little story. The Kraken, that's a big old squid, isn't it? It, It's, um... It's like a enormous sea monster. Yeah, if you watch sea, uh, like sea folklore. Yeah, Ethan knows the kraken. It, it's a humongous squid, is what it is. Oh, it's big and mean. Oh gosh. It's in some of the movies that I I don't maybe the superhero movies. I oh can't yeah. Remember. He's right. It says uh, it's described as part octopus, part crab, and um occasionally as a giant squid or cuttlefish. Cuttlefish. I don't know if I want to cuddle it. That's a odd. But then you have Medusa, who was in that movie, and she's um, she was a monstrous, like female character, which she had um, you know the snakes coming out of her hair, and she hated men, of course, 
And oh, yeah. <laughs> if you made eye contact with her, she'd freeze you. And if I remember correctly, you know, don't quote me on this, but I do believe the the background story to how she got cursed and got sent to this cave was that um, she had slept with a king and the queen had gotten jealous and put a curse on her and turned her into um, either that or she was raped. I'm going to have to look that up more. We'll have to talk about that some more. That's, wow. There you go. Yep. So she had slept with um, Poseidon in, Athena, in Athena's temple. So Athena punished her by turning her into a monster with hair made of snakes. Interesting. I did find what I was looking for. Yep, and Poseidon, he was the king. The king. Whoops. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So I did find what I was looking oh, for good. in the familiars. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, okay, so first I will read what I got, just my little bit of stuff from the intro net um, information, and then I will read what someone said on the social media what it is <coughs> okay in european folklore and folk belief of the medieval and early modern periods familiar spirits sometimes referred to simply as familiars or animal guides were believed to be supernatural entities that would assist witches and cunning folk in their practice of magic according to the records of time they would appear in numerous guises often as an animal but also at times as human or humanoid figures and were described as clearly defined three-dimensional forms vivid with color and am animated with movement and sound by those alleging to have come into contact with them unlike later descriptions of ghosts with their smoky undefined forms when they served witches they were often thought to be malevolent while when working for cunning folk they were often thought as a malevolent <laughs> Although there was some ambiguity in both cases, the former were often categorized as demons, while the la latter were while the later were more commonly thought of and described as fairies. The main purpose of familiars is to serve the witch or young witch, providing protection for them as they come into their new powers. Um, let's see. Since the twentieth century, a number of magical practitioners including adherents of the uh, neo-pagan religion of wicca have begun to use the concept of familiars due to their association with older forms of magic these contemporary practitioners util utilize pets wildlife or believe that invisible spirit versions of familiars act as magical magical aids now what he says is a little different okay i did have a conversation with this person about this um, clearly, I don't know what the heck I'm talking about, really. But it did pique my interest after I read this, and I commented on it. And um, I do want to look further into this. Um, starts off with, what is a familiar? Many people think they are their beloved pets, but this is a horrid misinformation. You might believe or think that you are right, and you're entitled to that, but it doesn't change history or the meaning of the word or facts. You can believe whatever you want that does not make it correct. A familiar is first and foremost a servant, something that serves you in your magical practice. Most pets are very attuned to energies and may come sit in with you in your practice, but they do not serve you. If you feed them, clean up after them, or otherwise take care of them, they are not servants, nor they, 
uh, nor are they familiars. A familiar historically has always been a spirit or entity, one in which the witch has either conjured, summoned, or created. Yes, they can be created. If they summoned it, there is a contract or pact involved. If they create it, which can be done, there are no pacts. It is energetic entity that acts on behalf of the witch. A familiar can gather your magical ingredients for you, can cast spells for you, not just you, but in place of you. They can also do energy combat and spiritual combat, not only attacking, but defending and protecting you and that which you love. An animal, while very spiritually aware, has always been considered a protector, especially cats. Ancient Egypt said that they were protectors of the underworld. Does this make every cat a familiar? No, it makes them very spiritually aware and protective of their owners. But it does not make them servants or familiars. A familiar is a very specifically... Well, a familiar is very specifically a servant. They do not eat. They do not breathe. Yes, they can take the forms of an animal or person or other being, but taking the form does not mean they take on all the attributes of that thing or of that being. They are still spirits. This also means they can shapeshift and change forms. They do not corporeal being. What? They are not corporeal beings. Naturally, your pet does not nor can they change forms nor can they willingly take on any spiritual form without dying pets are great to have but they are not familiars anybody saying they are fails to understand that the word familiar actually means and entails what understands what the word familiar actually means and entails this is why i have written this they take the injuries from failed spells they take the attacks and curses upon themselves in place of the witch if the witch is attacked and they are not something a witch gets attached to. They are tools and servants to be used for the workings of a witch. That is what he said. He's extremely right. Now, I know you're not going to know, like, about forms of magic, but could you tell me any kinds of magic that you could think of that would be able to create a familiar? No. One form is called chaos magic. And it, comes, it stems from the Egyptians, actually. The Egyptians believe that while we do have a god, there is a bigger and deeper god. Some people would call, call that the universe. Right. And so we, everything was created out of chaos. I believe that. The, created out of thought. So you have your god, but you have that bigger god. And so chaos magic is all about that. Um, it's very fascinating. But quite often, I'll show you a book mm -hmm. when we're done. Um, you can create in a certain way what you call. Well, you could start with sigils that starts that starts small, and people can look that up online and see all sorts of sigils. And uh, maybe one time we'll talk about how how you make your own sigils. But then, when you get used to making those sigils and you start creating your magic, it's like one of the the forms of magic that I use. Okay. Actually, I've studied it a lot. And so when you get good with creating the magic and creating your protections and creating what you want with your sigils, you move up to servitors. And that's where your familiars come from. Okay. And it's very fascinating. Um, the servitors, they do become well, just like that, where they don't eat, they don't breathe, but they're your energy. And you use that energy to manifest what you want. Or even if it's just simple protection, you use it. So you're like putting some energy in the living thing and it's just 
waiting there to be used. No, you create it out of energy. <laughs> you, you, you know, most people wouldn't be able to see it. It's just the energy. Sort of like a spirit that's crossed over. You can't see it. You can't feel it. So You could just know that the energy's there. You can sense the energy versus touching it. Okay, so when people are like, yes, my my pet cat, we'll just say cat just because that's mm -hmm. usually referred to back as a familiar. Um, that's five familiar, but I do change this litter box. I feed it, blah, blah, blah. Are you saying that they're wrong or is it more of a spiritual guide, not a familiar? I would, for me, like, like I was saying earlier before you read that, I see a familiar as, I don't have any cats. But if I but. see a cat, you know, across yeah. my path, a black cat, I deem that as good luck. I see that I'm protected. When okay. um, I'm driving by and I'm thinking about changes that I want to make in my life and I see a deer, for me, that's a symbolism that the universe is hearing my thoughts and I have new beginnings coming because that's what deer represent. Can I ask you a It's question? sort of like the, it's your own spirit guides showing you okay. what you need to know. My familiars, I have a painting that... Uh, I'm going to plug on my can't help it. Joe Hall. Amazing gift. Oh, we love him. We love he him. Is. He's a great supporter he of this a, podcast. He wants a shirt, by the way. I know. I talked to him this oh, morning. Oh, good. It's great. We're going to get them out there. Woo, woo. Anyway, sorry. But go ahead. he's an amazing <laughs> artist. If, if you can get on his Facebook page, you can yes. see. You he might even be able is. to find mine. I think he put it on his, but he okay. made me a painting that has all of my familiars in there. He has he has the deer. He has... He has um, the bear in there. He even has the Native Americans in there because I have Native American guides. But um, at, at, if you ever delve into that spirituality, you'll quickly find out which ones belong to you. Okay. Because they'll keep coming to you right. in some shape or form. Like a fox that shows me that, you know, when I see a fox, unless it's doing something different, I know it'd be watching my back. It's like, it's the, it's the way your familiars have of giving you signs you just always look up the spiritual meaning of the animals. Can a familiar be like cookies or a cupcake? Because those keep coming back into my life, and, and I really mm -hmm. don't want them to. But they make me feel better. They serve me great purpose. Well, they do. I'm but not mocking this by any no, means. I'm just macadamia nut cookies are the best. I'm just making fun is all. We're, we're having a good time. No. I was going to ask you, though. Okay, so we have a, well, we got a family of three cardinals in our area, and... They constantly come back, but there's this chubby one that whenever I'm outside, he comes and sits on the same branch. And sometimes, like, he's there, and he'll be out there the whole time, like, I'm smoking a cigarette or whatever. I know I'm not supposed to smoke, but anyhow, that's when I go outside. I enjoy the outdoors, but I always see him sitting on the same branch. And I'll even just, like, blink, like, a normal blink, and he's, like, yawn. Like, I don't see him anywhere. It's the weirdest thing. But I well, love him, and I talk to him. Cardinals... I love, they're so beautiful. Cardinals oh are your sign and symbol. That's your spirit animal showing you that a loved one that's crossed over is with you right at that moment. The, they're, they're always with me then. They're the representation of that. They're probably telling me to quit smoking. Is what's probably happening. Might be. But, but that's, then I, that's the spirit's way of showing you that they're there with you. I see them all the time. Well, you I, I enjoy, that oh my gosh, those cardinals are so Such a bright they red are. sitting on the tree. And they, the one is so tubby. Like it's just... A round, like, you look at first, and it looks like this round red ball. And I'm like, that's the cardinal. And it, it will just sit there. And if I'm out there by myself, like a crazy person, I'll talk to it. Mm -hmm. That makes me feel better. Do I believe that it can hear me? I don't know. But mm -hmm. it makes me feel better. And I like seeing it. And I like knowing that my cardinal's so there. So that would be, for me, for you, that would be a familiar. Only because for the symbolism that it is a loved one. You know, it could be your grandpa that's sitting there with you. 
Now, see, yeah. I had a reading done, my cousin and I, mm-hmm. years ago, over over by Kalamazoo. I'm going to say it was between, like, Hastings and Kalamazoo. And the woman told me my cousin's sign was, um, I think it was fireflies. She does not like fireflies. and But she always had fireflies at, coming at her house. And she's like, why are these fireflies here? But that... That reading that we got, that woman said that it was it was Grandpa. And mine, you want to know what mine was when Grandpa was supposed to be around? Worms. Worms. Oh. Mine was worms. <laughs> but then I got thinking. And I was like, you know, he used to get sick of me singing this song when I was little. I go over there, everybody hates me. No one ever likes me. I'm going to go eat worms. First you bite off the head. and Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And now whenever I see worms, that's, I think... <laughs> And not that I see worms very often, usually when it's raining, like it is now, but I just thought that was weird. My cousin got something like really, really cool, and I got something like worms. worms. I got right. worms. Well, it's still special, though. It, now it is. It's something you can relate to. <laughs> that's, that's I, I thought that was very, very strange. That's how spirit talks to us. The spirit will always talk to us. It's something that we will um, recognize ourselves. Okay. So what's a, a certain sign that m- might make sense to somebody else could make sense to us in a completely different yeah i guess yeah yeah because that was more of a, a I, I guess a, a personal a personal message yeah yeah where i'm like okay i would be the only one that would look at worms and think of my grandfather because mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> exactly. you know everybody else is like oh yay free and, and your grandpa's you know? around all the time like sometimes sometimes i could feel him all the time one day it was so bad i think it was right when we bought the house and we were, we were working on it. And we were back at the house. And we were at the other house. And we were talking about it. Your dad was talking about it. And all of a sudden, I felt your grandpa move right through me. So much so, I said, oh, your dad's here. And I said it in such a way where he actually just looked out the window because he thought somebody pulled in the driveway. That's how I said it. Like, And I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry. That sounded weird. He's like, no. He goes, I, just, I thought he was in the driveway. But... You know, it's like uh, he was talking about how how much he was working, working on the house, how hard he'd been working on the yes. house, and that's when I felt him, and, and it, I knew it was from your grandpa to tell him that he was doing a good job. He was doing exactly what he was always meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. He was finally doing what he was supposed to be doing. So, with that oh. being said, you know, I miss grandpa. No, signs and symbols are different yes. every shape or form. Now, that woman that we went and seen, um, she did. Craziest thing. We are getting off topic here, and I apologize for that. But we, when we saw this woman, I'm getting all emotional. <laughs> she did tell my cousin that she knew she was having, she was trying to have a baby, mm-hmm. but there was obstacles in the way. She told her that she was going to have a little boy. It would be a few years, and the little boy was there in the room. Yep. What did she have, Mama Mary? A boy. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. actually talked about that when I went and seen her. Um, she also back to the grandpa thing. I just that. When she told me she was having a boy, I was like, oh, my God, I went back to that. Like like I said, I do those things because I, I find it interesting, not so much that I fully believe. I hate that I sit here with you and I'm like, I don't, it's not that I'm not a believer. Oh. I'm just open to all, all, all answers, so I guess. So what's going to happen the next time you see a worm? I'm going to go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go fishing. Catch me a big old bass. <laughs> and then tell your grandpa thank you. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I'm feeding the family. Um. <laughs> But she also said, because we both asked her about Grandpa, 
um, because our, our grandmother recently passed away a few years mm-hmm. back, as yeah. you know. It, this was before that, so Grandpa was the one that was crossed over, and it was a big impact on the family, but we asked her about, does he check up on us? And she she went to my cousin and said that, yes, he checks up on you. But then when it came to my turn and I asked that same question, she said that he checks up on you on occasion because he knows you are okay. And that made me, as a non-believer slash believer, it made me feel so okay that I was doing okay. Mm-hmm. Like even, I've lived a crazy wild life, <laughs> but I've had fun doing it and learned a lot of lessons. But he always knew that, like, like that gave me the assurance, reassurance that everything was going to be okay. Like, just because that made me feel better. So I did mm-hmm. accept that answer to that question because it made me feel good. I'm going to accept the answers that make me feel good. If they made me feel bad, no. I don't believe nothing. Well, but if yeah. it makes me feel good, oh, I'm a believer. Bring it on. You know? And that's probably so hypocritical of me, but I'll own it. No. I will. I just... No, I got a little teary-eyed there, Mama. Let's see the positive, that's all. <laughs> I miss my grandpa. He was he was pretty awesome. And I wish you could have got to meet him. He was, well, he's he's my dad. Oh, I know. He's my dad. <laughs> I, I know that already. <laughs> that's why I know I'm, I'm really, really lucky. My siblings and I are super lucky because that's what we got. Yes, he's a good man. Uh, some members of our family may think different. That's okay. But I know ultimately my dad loves all his siblings. Contrary of belief at the moment, that's okay. But because grandpa does live within him so much, it's almost unreal. We are so getting off track. Holy hows them. Okay. Well, let's just move on to um, those (laughs) stories that you had. Well, no, I gotta have boo hags. Oh my gosh! We can't miss boo hags. Boo hag. I got a little more boo hag, and then we got these other ones, and then we'll close it up. Cause whoa, this is a super long episode. I'm, gosh, we just hit this off so well. I just, hey, I'm the boo hags. According to the legend, boo hag are similar to vampires. Unlike vampires, they gain substance from a person's breath, as opposed to their blood by riding their victims. Again, I don't like the, the terms that are given to me on the writing. The, I don't know. That just comes off to me as weird. They have no skin and thus are red. In order to be less um, conspicuous, they will steal a victim's skin and use it for as long as it holds out. Wearing it as one might wear clothing. They will remove and hide this skin before going riding. When a hag determines a victim is suitable for writing, the hag will generally gain access to the home through a small crack, crevice, or hole. The hag will then position themselves over the sleeping victim, sucking their breath. This act renders the victim helpless and induces a deep, dream-filled sleep. The hag tends to leave the victim alive so as to use them again for their energy. However, if the victim struggles, the hag may take their skin, leaving the victim to suffer. After taking the victim's energy, the hag flies off, as they must be in their skin by dawn or forever trapped without skin. When the victim awakes, they may feel short of breath, but generally the victim only feels tired. Well, that's everybody every morning. I'm just saying. Fashion sometimes used in South Carolina is, don't let the hag ride ya. This expression may come from the boo hag legend. Well, that while the boo hag is a product of Gullah culture, the legend has managed to become known as it on a wider scale. 
The legend has been used as an object lesson in Stranger Danger. The legend also has been subject for song and poetry. That's weird. Um, in 2005, Boo Hag behave, became a character in a children's book called Precious and the Boo Hag, written by Patricia McKissick, uh, and I'm not even going to try that name. In the story, the Boo Hag is said to be strange, tricky, and will do anything to get into the house. Precious, the main character, is told by her brother that the Boo Hag also tries to make you disobey Mama. Huh. Interesting. I don't know why anybody would want to put that in a child's book. That's kind of creepy. Boo hag. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, you know, this week though, this week I didn't run into any boo hags. I don't think Maybe I did next either. Week. Oh, I did. I did. Driving on the highway. I did. And then I, they made me go 95 because then I had to follow them because they almost hit my car. <laughs> they wanted to speed around me in the slow lane. I was already going 85, and it was traffic was like backed up anyway. So I'm like just going fast enough to be able to hold up with traffic. Oh man, I was so mad. And they did their little thing and then cut me off. So I, I was like, I'm not going to let you sons of guns pass me. So I'm like <laughs> riding this guy's butt, and I don't normally do that. And it was just because that guy was trying to do that. And then he came over anyway. And I was like, man, if I wasn't going 85, I would have let you hit me. Because then we would have had some words. I was mad. Anyway. That was my boo hag story of the week. So I think it is time to wrap up. We do have a shout out this week. Um, Dustin Goforth and the Veterans Lawn Care and Maintenance in Sault Ste. Marie. Thank you for all your support. It is wonderful. Keep it coming. Tell your friends. Tell your family. You know what? Just grab everybody's phone that you come across. Get on there. Be like, do-do-do-do-do. You need to download this. You're going to listen to this later. Thank you. And give them their phone back. Did you have anything else to add before we... Do the last little bit? No, you're doing good. good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> also, the shirt winner is Cassie Blankenship. You are awesome, and thank you for all the support. I know she is super excited. Um, you will be able to purchase these on the website soon. Um, keep an eye out for that on the Facebook page. We are trying to do something a little different with the shirts uh, because the demand for them has become way overwhelming for me to keep up with so i'm trying to take a little different approach we do have a store linked up to the web page not a store but it's got where you can purchase things. our merchandise in it yeah on the web page it'll be on the top there's three three sections on top of the page it's the middle one that says store <laughs> but you can go in there and see the t-shirts we will probably be adding a few other things um here and there throughout time but I need to make sure all that is set up and ready to go. I mean, you can go see it, see what, see what it's about, whatever. Um, but I will let you know when it's okay to do that. And now, da da da, <laughs> we will try our first segment of hometown horror. We need some music for that part. We do. We will get on that. Okay, so. I had a gentleman write in to me with this story. This one's quite interesting. I think Mom and Mary will enjoy this one. I was lying in bed one night in 2000 with my cat, Chloe. A noise brought my attention. Coming in my door was like a grasshopper noise fluttering. I knew, and straight away, I knew it was spirit energy. Was about over five foot from, 
floor to the top of it and it drew alongside my bed and noticed my cat's head was moving same time as it passed it and through the wall i'm trying to piece this together my printer did not print things very well a few nights later i got woke up to hear it just inside my bedroom door and i woke up startled by it it was loud enough to wake me up and i spoke to it and knew it heard me about 10 seconds it drifted off into the landing outside my bedroom as i heard it drifted out like smoke as time went on knocking was more obvious and she followed me from room to room and knocked on the ceiling and the kettle and the cooker etc joyce committed suicide in my home three years prior before i moved there in 1997. she was only 46 and i saw her surrounded in colored lights and from waist up in my front from my bedroom i saw her gliding too like a concord taking off at that angle Joyce's energy was quite strong and heard her, and I heard her energy in my left ear and even heard it going through my doors after I just closed it as she followed me around. I've even heard her lower her spirit energy because it was too loud. No, my what first, do you think about that? My first take on that would be, you know, a lot of times when spirits following you around, they want something from you, whether they need your help with something or just acknowledgement that they're there. And a part of me feels like she was drawn to the cat itself. I'd almost wonder if she was a cat owner when she was alive before she crossed over. And then um, it could be, too, that sometimes when someone commits suicide, they don't cross over the way they should, and they need help. And maybe perhaps this, this person is a natural medium, and they sense that this person can help them. In consideration that they could see the auras and see the colors and see them that vividly, there's a gift to be able to see spirit. And so it might be a spirit trying to connect in order to receive the help they need. That's yes. my take on it. I thought it was very interesting. I was very excited to get that story. Um, I think he may have, he may end up writing in with some more stories. I've talked to him a little well, that'd bit be cool. past that, but hopefully I'll get some more ink for my printer so I can read things correctly. I was trying to piece words together. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> so we got another one. The last hometown horrors. This one reads... So I had the luxury to spend the night with what was Kalamazoo Paranormal Investigations. We had about 14 people and we took tons of pictures. Did you know that there were underground tunnels connecting between the buildings? Man, that was creepy. So we're walking through. There's tons of rooms down here as well, but the strangest part was a small auditorium, maybe 20 foot by 15 foot. There's a small platform with old wooden chairs, the folding climb, laying, laying about. One still upright with a wooden music stand in the front of it one of the guys decided to sit in the chair for the pictures and after the picture flashed he immediately jumped up and said up i'm out or yup i'm out and beelined the door i'm standing next to the guy who shot the picture and he was just looking down i should mention it was dusty but dust doesn't create a complete non-broken aura around him it it would just be specks flying about naturally everyone freaks out and leaves the room other good stuff happened to the other groups, but this was the one I got to be part of. Happy hunting, guys. B. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, stories are always kind of neat because there's more than just one person that has experienced it. Yeah, exactly. When you yep. go in as a group or whatever, we'll have to see if we can go check that out. I mean, that was quite a while ago, 2017, but it was uh, Ypsilanti Insane Asylum. Cool. It was an overnighter. That's cool. That would be super neat. It I, would be. I think. But we will get more into that. Y'all need to 
subscribe to the YouTube channel. We will get more on there. We did just kind of start that out where we get to just talk about things that we talk about anyway when we get together. This mm -hmm. We're just sharing it with everybody. Um, write in your stories. I want to hear more. I think yeah. those are great when you get to hear the stories from actual people that write in, our, our listeners and stuff. That's great. Um, well, that's the, those are the best ones. Oh, heck yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so you can email us at paranormalxl at writeme.com. Look us up on Facebook. Paranormal, capital X, capital L. Um, download us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify. Spotify. And there's a, a few other ones there. I'm just not really familiar with it. Um, our hosting app that we use kind of puts them out there in other places. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever listening uh, app that you use, type it in. See if you find it. It'll be our picture with the little hands, and it'll have Paranormal XL in the in the red. Also, keep a lookout for shirt sales and stuff like that. Yeah. So we're pretty excited to see where everything's going. Everything's going awesome right now. Mm -hmm. Remember, don't yuck somebody else's yum ever. All right. Thanks, guys. We will talk be back next week. Yep. Talk to you next time.